we are in the sixth week of the series Reveals. And so on the first week, we had uh, Mark ask what's in a name. And then the second week, I spoke about the name Elohim, which means strong and mighty God. And then um, Wendy, she spoke about Jehovah, which means the Lord. And then Mark talked about um, he, uh, Jehovah Jireh, which is the Lord is my provider. And then he talked about Jehovah Rohi, which is the Lord is my shepherd. And last week we had baptisms. Who was here last week? Yeah, quite a few of you. Anyone get baptized last week? Oh, well. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I absolutely love a baptism. I am someone who likes to be right by the pool watching people come out of the water. I like, you know what? I love being on the labor ward, yeah, when babies are born. I'm not a midwife, but I like, I like, I love it. I've seen a few babies being born, and my own, obviously. Um, yeah, so I love labor wards, and I like the baptism pool. <laughs> I just love it when people are just born again. It's so amazing. Anyway, today I'm going to be talking about the name Jehovah Shalom, which means the Lord is my peace, my wholeness. So I was just going to say a prayer right now. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you that we got here safely. Thank you, Lord, that um, we are just able to worship you freely. And Lord, I just ask you to please, can you speak to us? Reveal what you want us to know. And thank you for all your love. Thank you for your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Jehovah Shalom is mentioned only once in the Bible, and you can find it in the book of Judges, and it's a name given to God by a guy called Gideon. And if you are familiar with Judges, or if you decide to start reading it, you will see that many chapters start off with, and the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And so what he does, he like hands them over to their, to their enemies. And that's the only time they actually see God. And then they're just like, oh God, help us, please. And then he saves them. Does anyone have a friend or does anyone know people where they only contact you when they need something? Yeah? But in a way, we're a bit like that with God, aren't we? Where we can only contact him when we need something. We're only praying when we want something, and our prayers are just full of what we need. Or we're like reading God's word to just find something that would just affirm what we want. That is so easy to do. And yet I see in the Old Testament that God constantly is saving. He's constantly saving his people. And in the New Testament, he ultimately saves through Jesus Christ dying on the cross. And Jesus dies on the cross to save our sin, and we have to go to the cross on a regular basis because, you know, we, we make mistakes all the time. This week, I started to have some really bad thoughts about a family member. Not my kids, not my husband, not my family, but my husband's family, someone in that, in, that, in, in his, you know, family. And um, I didn't feel good about it, but I was walking down the road just thinking about how they irritate me so much. And then I thought, you know what, Denise, you need to just put the cross between me and that person because I started to feel really bitter. You ever started? To, I'm sure maybe no one here has, but it, you know, 
For me, if I start thinking horrible thoughts about someone, I can just feel that bitterness just come on my chest. And I just thought, I've got to put the cross between me and that person. I couldn't see a way forward. And so I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to just go to the cross. I'm just going to pin all those things on the cross. And I, you know what? Jesus died for me, and I'm just going to humble myself in the fact that I'm going to focus on what I'm doing in this situation, just have the cross between me and that person. And it really changed the situation. And God forgives. He is constantly forgiven. We can go to him. We can go again and again. We may need his forgiveness right now. And then, you know what, in an hour time, we can go back to him again. He's not going to like say, look, I forgave you once already today. You can go back again and again. He's constantly there for you. And I love being on a plane when I can see the sunrise. I always find that from the Atlantic, like when I'm flying from America, I love it. And I love seeing that dark sky and then you see that light of pink and orange. I love it. And every time I see it, I think of the verse in Lamentations 3:23. great is your faithfulness. Every morning I see new mercies. Because when I see that beautiful sky like that, I think... Look at that beauty over such a sinful land where things are going to happen today. And yet God's got mercy. He's got new mercies. He's got so much love for people who are just going to make mistakes. God is constantly saving and he wants to save you. He wants to save you. And so I'm going to look at Judges chapter 6. It starts off with saying, and the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And so God handed them over to their enemies, which were the Midianites, for seven years. And a prophet rose up and said, listen, this is happening because, you know, God said, God brought you out of Egypt. And he handed the land that was your enemies, that belonged to your enemies. And yet you are not listening to him. He said, you've got to obey me and you're not. You're worshipping other gods. And you just got to listen to him. But they still didn't listen. So God himself had to come down. And he came in the form of an angel. The angel of the Lord was just standing by an oak tree. And he saw Gideon. And he said to Gideon, the Lord is with you, strong and mighty warrior. You see, he was a young boy. And he saw his great potential. That's what God does. He speaks life. He sees your potential. That's what a father is meant to do. Speak life into a person. And so that's what the angel of the Lord says to Gideon. And Gideon replies like, really? Really is the Lord with me? Because how comes we're not seeing all the things he promised our ancestors? Why are we in the hands of the Midianites? And I'm just going to keep reading. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. Just think about that. He said that his clan is the weakest and he's the least. Doesn't look good. And the Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. And Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, 
Give me a sign that is it, that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I can come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. So he goes and he um, kills a young goat and he cooks it and he also makes bread without yeast. And then he brings it back. He brings it to the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord says, just put the bread and the meat on the rock and pour the broth over the meat and the, the bread. And so he does it in obedience. And then the angel of the Lord has a staff and he touches the meat and the bread and the broth and he just consumes it all in a fire and he just disappears. And at that point, Gideon then goes, ah, I've just realized I've just seen God face to face. I'm going to die. And then God, who he doesn't see anymore, but he hears him, he says, you will not die. Have peace. And then he builds an altar right there and he calls it Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is my peace. And so Wendy, she talked about Jehovah, which means the Lord. And Shalom means peace, my wholeness, harmony, completeness, prosperity, tranquility. And because the Lord is all those things, it means that he is a God of peace. He is the God who we must go to for wholeness, for completeness. He is the God we should go to. He's over prosperity. And most of the time, people go to other things to be whole. They like seek a relationship with someone to be whole. They seek other things to be at peace. They seek things to prosper, like their materials, money to prosper. But God is over those things. He's the God of all of those, of over those things. Shalom also means the absence from strife. And it's interesting that Gideon declared that God was Jehovah Shalom. He was his peace, even though he was in the middle of a problem. Because he had to face the Midianites. It's not like he was at peace once they were all dead. He had to go and face them. And most of the time, we feel we have to control our situation, remove ourselves from a situation so that we've got peace. But when you have peace from God, when you have um, his peace, you can be in the middle of the problem and you can just be at ease because you have God's peace. I've told you before that I'm from London and I've been in Hertfordshire now for about 13 years. And I've seen a few things in London, yeah, because, you know, I lived there. But now I live in Hertfordshire, I feel like I've just lost that urban strength. So when I, like, go to London, like, I almost don't know how people can, like, stand at a bus stop because I'm, like, there and I'm, like, thinking, I'm, you know, something's going to happen to me. I, I, do you know what it is? And this is a guilty pleasure. I think I've just looked at the Daily Mail like at two in the morning, too much. My husband says, don't tell anyone that you look at the Daily Mail. But I sometimes, that's my guilty pleasure, and I just read about all these things that are happening, and I think it's just started to feed into my mind. But anyway, that's just a side note. Don't hate me for looking at the Daily Mail at all. I'm sure none of you do. But anyway, um, I... I just remember eight years ago when they had the London riots, when people were looting shops and setting them alight. Do you remember that? Does anyone remember those riots? Yeah? And I was in Datchworth at my in-laws. I'm in a like, really nice little village in Datchworth in this beautiful house. 
at this kitchen table, this long kitchen table, having eggs benedict and just watching the riots on TV. And we're just all looking, thinking, oh, wow, look at that. And I was just thinking, wow, I'm so glad I'm not involved in that. I'm at peace here. And then I've got nieces and nephews in London. And I remember speaking to two of my niece and nephew. And, I, and they, they're Christians. And they said to me, Denise, all we wanted to do, we just wanted to get out there on the streets where it was happening. And we just wanted to tell these young people about Jesus. We wanted them to just say, come on, man, have peace. Change the way that we are. Love ourselves. They wanted to tell them, love yourself. Love other people. Make peace. They wanted to be where it was all happening. And it just made me think, wow, and here I am, you know, in Dutchworth, just thinking, oh, I'm so glad I'm not involved in that. But you can have peace in a situation. I'm not saying to you that you need to put yourself in danger, but you can have peace in the midst of your problem. You don't have to remove yourself from it. You know, sometimes we think if we can just get our kids in the right school, in that good school with that good Ofsted report, you know, then if they're okay, then I have to go to that bad school where they're going to mix with bad kids. You know, if I'm in that really good area, that will be fine. I will have peace because then you know what? I don't have to mix with those families that are always into trouble. You know, if I had that money in the bank, I'm self-employed. And you know, if you have that money in the bank at the beginning of the month, then you can enjoy and just have peace knowing that everything is sorted out. But God is calling us to have peace in him in the middle of the problem. When you look at Jesus... And he is described in Isaiah 9, verse 6, as the Prince of Peace. He was in the boat with his disciples, and a storm came. And if you look at Matthew 8, verse 23 to 27, that's where you can read the story. And in verse 24, it says, and the waves went over the boat. He went over the boat, and yet Jesus was still sleeping. And his disciples were like, wake up, Jesus. Wake up. Don't you care? We're going to die. Wake up. And then he eventually wakes up, and he just speaks to the storm, and he says, be still, and it just calms down. And they're all in awe, and he's saying, don't you have faith in me? Yeah, I'm in the boat. I'm your God. Don't you have faith that you're going to be all right? Even though there's a storm, I'm here. That's the same with God being in your life. He is here right now. And you may be experiencing a storm, but he is with you. I've been someone where I have been afraid at night and I had to sleep with the light on. And I used to think, you know what? God is with me. Why can't I relax? Why can't I just sleep in peace with someone right here who's protecting me? You can have peace in the storm. We don't have to control our situation to have God's peace. He will be in control. When you look at the Midianites fighting the Israelites, so Gideon, he, he had his army. And twice, God told him to reduce that army. Twice. And he reduced it to 300 men to thousands of strong men Technically, that doesn't make sense. But you know what? They still defeated the Midianites, which showed it wasn't them, it was God. And sometimes your situation might, look, be so, might get to such a bad stage, 
Because God wants you to know that when he delivers you, you know it wasn't your stuff, it wasn't your money, it wasn't your power, it was God. So, how do we receive God's peace in times of trouble? Well, the first thing I want to share with you is that you've got to let God be your God. Let God be your God. That might sound strange, but it's true. Because it's so easy to put other things before God. It's so easy to make your money your God, your position, your status, what you have as your God. But let God be your God. Because those things can change at any moment, but God never changes. So let God be your God. And the second thing is put your full trust in him. Most of you here, except for one person walking right now, you're all on seats. And you've sat on a seat before, so you know what a seat can do. You know you put your full weight on that seat, and you know, you're not going to fall down. Yeah? I'm sure you're not worrying right now whether you're going to survive through this service because you're sitting on a seat. And that's the same way with God. Put your full weight on God. And you know what a seat can do. That's why you're not thinking about it. So spend time with God. Spend time with God so that you trust him. Know what he's all about. Read his word. Know that he's strong and he's mighty and that he loves you so that you can just completely relax in him. How many of you here know Louis? Louis is right here. He's in the second row. Stand up, Louis, so they can see you, just in case no one knows who Louis is. This is Louis. Hi, Louis. <laughs> and he's just come back. He's been traveling all over the world for six months, and he came back last week. And last week, I spoke to him, and I just asked him, how, you know, how was it? And he said something to me that really stuck home. He said to me, Denise, I've seen amazing things. I've seen God do mighty things. He is at work, and he's just stopped there. And he said, you know what? Us in Hertfordshire, we are so cushioned. We are so cushioned because we can rely on all the things that we've got. And he goes, you know what? I met people who have nothing. And because they've got nothing, they are holding on to God. So we're saying this, quoting you, and you're sitting right there. But, he, you know, they're, quote, they're, they're, they're clinging on to God. And they're allowing him to move. And he is moving mightily. And so as we as a church are talking about positioning and expectancy, I want to challenge you, I want to encourage you that as you are cushioned in Hertfordshire or wherever you live, rely on God. Put yourself in a position where you rely on him. You rely on him completely. So I just want to leave you with a verse, and it's Philippians 4, 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always, I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Can we have the band up, please? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, God's peace that transcends all understanding God's peace is available for you even though what you can see around you doesn't make sense when it seems like your situation doesn't look good when it seems like you're not going to make it 
when it seems like you don't know how you're going to pay your bills at the end of the month because you're not working and you've got no money and you've got so many mouths to feed and there's so many bills and you don't know what's going to happen, but God's peace transcends all understanding. Some of you might be here just wanting to find a partner. You want a husband, you want a wife. You might be getting a little bit older, you want to have kids, and you haven't even met that person yet. And you're just thinking, what, what, what am I going to do? How is this all going to work out? What am I meant to do? Like meet someone, say hello, get married five minutes, and then try and make a baby. What am I meant to do? But you know what? That's someone's reality. And you can be so anxious about it. But you know what? God's peace is available for you. You might be trying to, to, you know, to, to have a child and you don't even have body parts that work. And so it doesn't look good. But the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That means that his peace will guard your heart, will guard your heart, so that you're not heartbroken, yeah? Because you might look at your problem and it just breaks your heart, but his peace will guard your heart. You know, his peace will guard your mind because you look at your situation and you just think, I'm just gonna go crazy because of what's happening, but he will guard your minds. He will do all of this in Christ Jesus because Christ Jesus died on the cross for us. And because of that, we have direct access to the King who is Jehovah Shalom. You can experience this peace today. So I want you to all to stand up and we're going to ask God for his peace. So if you want his peace, I want you to just put your hands out. Just Just like this, put your hands. Just close your eyes. I don't know what you're going through at the moment, but if you, in your life, you right now are just filled with strife, with worry, fear, and you're trying to control the circumstances surrounding that, you can ask God to come in and be Jehovah Shalom this morning. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is my peace, my wholeness. Just ask him, come. Ask God to be God over the situation. Put him in charge and just give your problem over to him. And just trust him. Just like how you can sit on a chair, you can put your full weight on the chair. Just trust him. Give God the full weight of you. Trust him that even if the situation doesn't change immediately, God can be trusted to take care of the situation. And he can lead you through this. He can lead you through whatever you're facing. 
Some of you right now might, uh, might be thinking that, you know what, I've got to focus on the problem. That's the only way. That's the only way that I know that it will be okay. And that's a lie. You know, I've been someone who's been afraid of flying. And I always think that if I just sit there and just think about the situation, then that will control it. That if I actually relax and trust in God, then something's going to happen. But that's a lie. You don't have to constantly be thinking about your problem and stressing over it in order to manage it. Allow God to manage it so you can experience his peace. Lord, stretch out your hand over each one of us today, Lord, please. Just like Jesus spoke to the storm, be still. God will do that for you. He will do that in your situation. You can experience his peace. So I speak to fear, die down in the name of Jesus. I speak to worry, die down in the name of Jesus. I speak to anxiety, die down in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are strong and mighty. Thank you, Lord, that you love us unconditionally. Thank you, Lord, that you want to save us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross, that you have conquered death. That no matter what we're facing, no matter what we'll face, we have eternal life in you, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.